my name is Eva, and this is Eavesdrop with Eva. I am your host, and I am here to give you the scoop on all things special needs. So today I'm going to tell you my honest why behind doing this podcast. So picture it first year out of college. I am teaching in a classroom, and I have an eighth grader who's autistic. And guess what? He doesn't like being in the classroom across the hall, the science class. He likes the math class. And he starts swallowing bubbles. That's what he called it. He was swallowing air bubbles at his desk. And he had to throw up. So where does he go? He doesn't go to the trash can in his classroom, nor the trash can that's literally in the hallway. He goes across the hallway to my room to throw up. After a five-second meltdown in my head, I realized I need to ask him what's going on because I know he's not sick. Hey, what's going on? Well, I just wanted to throw up in here because I swallowed too many air bubbles. And that other teacher, he gets mad at me. Now I understand. I'm your comfortable. Just like the special needs resource classroom was my comfortable that school year because I didn't know much but I knew I could hang out there and they would be nice to me and guess what I learned a lot of things see I learned by being around children with special needs is that they're very special but they're really not all that needy and if I'm being honest with you they're probably some of the coolest folks at school See, I would go and hang out there because an older lady worked there and she was very kind and very honest and I just liked her personality. And so I would go hang out with her and she would teach me all these things about all the kids and I felt like I didn't know anything and I was completely useless unless they had a math problem to work on. Then, of course, I could help them there, but, you know, I just kind of... I was hanging out. But what I've noticed while I was there was that so many kids were assigned coaches that had sped degrees as their teachers of record. And guess what? They were getting the bare minimum. IEPs were being written at the last minute. Their services were almost none. And these People could not help these kids with their classes. If they got lucky, they had somebody that could do enough math to get by with Algebra 1. And the real person carrying the weight in that room was my friend that was the paraprofessional. That enraged me that these kids were getting subpar education because we had people that were only there to coach a ball team teaching the classes. I know that there's a stigma around special needs children um, to the point that people don't want to talk about how they have special needs. And we don't even use the word special needs. We call them exceptional. And most of the time when someone's in a school building and they hear, oh, this is the exceptional classroom, they think, oh, There's a special needs kids, special ed kids. 
But honestly, like I said before, they're really special, but they're not all that needy. So yeah, they might need a little bit of help with something, but most kids are very independent. But they are exceptional, but not in a negative way. Exceptional is going to be one of those hot words that you're going to hear all the time. It's a buzzword, and um, I personally love the word exceptional because for me, I don't hear it as something that's meaning that a child is weird or they're not enough or they're handicapped. When I hear that word, I picture the smile on my child's face after she laughed at herself because she was singing along with the song on the movie in the car and her singing isn't actually singing because she's not actually saying words. She's just making noises (laughs) to the beat of the song. That smile is, it's unexplainable. Exceptional people are special. They're talented, they're intelligent, and they're kind. They're my favorite word. They're fabulous. <laughs> I love that word. You'll probably hear it a lot, even though I don't try to say it all the time. And even though they're all these things, for some reason, people still feel the need to look down on them and treat them like they're a burden. I've seen it so often in multiple school systems. I've taught many places. It just makes me so mad. Because there's no reason to treat a child that way. They're not a burden. They're not trouble. It's not fair to them. For them to be singled out, called names, treated like they are less than. I actually got pregnant that school year with our oldest child. And believe it or not, obviously the conversation came up. I would always tell my husband, you know... It would be a privilege to be trusted with a child with special needs. For God to trust me to raise a child like that would be a complete privilege for me. Because God's only going to give a strong person a child like that. Because that child is going to need a strong person to stand up for it and be its voice. And not let people walk all over it. And then, you know, the conversation just goes away and we just continue about our day. But then what's crazy to me is that our second child, it was blatantly obvious right in front of our faces. And I just completely ignored what I was seeing. So I'm going to call my second child Murray. So Murray went to the doctor one day for something she had an earache or something and so she went to the doctor and they were asking questions and my husband took her and he was answering them and they're like hey um she's showing some signs for early autism um her development's not where it needs to be and so they were seeing significant delays and we kind of we're ignoring those signs. So, like, they said, hey, you need to call early intervention, get set up with them, get her evaluated, because they know how to look for these types of things. And I'm like, nah, we're good, you know. I don't think we need any of that. And 
I had to take a step back and compare her to her peers and her sister and finally realize, okay, she is different from the other kids in her Sunday school class. Her sister was doing this at this age and we're still not doing those things and we're older than her. So, you know, I guess we finally decided, we might want to listen to the people who actually know what they're talking about, right? Who knew a doctor would know what they're talking about? Go figure. So we stuck to the professionals and actually listened. And yeah, we called early intervention. And as scary as it sounded, it turned out to be like the least scariest thing in the world. So I think we have the absolute best early intervention team in North Alabama. And I'll tell that to anybody that asked me the question. Um, That team, it was two of them, kind of like a case manager and one of the therapists. They came to our house and I mean, they were the absolute best. From the moment we met them, they were kind, understanding, patient. They met us where we were, explained everything so clearly. And you know... From that day on, they have loved every single one of my children as if they were their own, even though they only serviced one of them. We had our third child right as Murray was uh, aging out of early intervention. And they came and they held him and they loved on him and they oohed and odd over him and we sent them all the pictures. And they're, they're a huge part of our lives now. And I never thought that when I messaged them to say, hey, I think my child might need help. But so they came, they did their evals, and what they ended up finding was that she was developmentally delayed, like greater than a year in most areas. So cognitive, communication, social. Like, I think one of them was about eight months. She was eight months old in the eval, but in real life she was like almost 20 months old. So it was a huge difference. And I would have never known it was that bad if they wouldn't have come. After they evaluated her, I was able to see, oh yeah, Murray does act like the babies. She doesn't actually act her age. And you know, I like to think I know a lot of things, but I also learn something new every single day. And... I talked myself up from the beginning. It would be a privilege to raise a child with special needs. But that voice that was so strong and ready to take on the world was silent. And I literally had no idea about anything anymore. I had entered the taboo realm of special needs and special education. Just like that. And you know, I finally started to like see the things that I thought, man, I would never do that to somebody happening to us. So like we would be at church or something and she'd be having a fit because she doesn't want the kids by her to touch her. And people would just be staring at us. That weird stare where you can tell they're like kind of judging you, but they don't want to act like they're judging you all at the same time. And nobody wants to talk about how you child, how different your child is to your face, but then they want to turn around to their friends and their mamas behind your back and talk all about it. 
Like, oh, did you see Eva's kid having a fit in the middle of the floor at church? My kid never does that. There must be something wrong with her because she doesn't even talk. They smile at you face to face. And then you overhear them saying the things like I was just saying. And then obviously, like I said, the ugly stares. When your child's just done and they're having a meltdown and you're just trying to make sure nobody dies and get out the door, right? Then, forget all that. Just thinking about all the different therapies that you should consider and start and what you should be doing with your child and what you shouldn't be doing with your child. Everybody knows something and wants to tell you, but then they don't know anything all at the same time. It's not fair. And I'm going to say it for everyone to hear because we think it, but we don't feel like we're allowed to say it. It's not fair. It is not fair. It's not fair that we've been thrown into an unknown territory after thinking for so long how everything was fine. Nobody had told you something was wrong with your child. Nobody had told you that your child was different from everybody else. Your world was created in your brain exactly how it should be. Like everything had its place. Everybody was happy. We love it. We love each other and our family is complete. And then you hear news and all of that is different. Like it's nothing is ever 100% like it was in your head at that point in time after you hear, hey, there's something wrong with your child. They're not developing like they're supposed to. Or, hey, your child's been diagnosed with autism. Or, hey, your child's been diagnosed with Down syndrome or is dyslexic or has a reading problem. It's not fair that you can see your child is different, but you don't know what steps to take next to get them help. Because there's so many things, but then there's nothing all at the same time. Because none of it makes sense, even though it's supposed to make sense. And you know what? It's not fair that the school system is cheating your child out of services they pro- they desperately need. And they're getting away with it because when you go in that IEP meeting, they become your buddy, buddy, best friend. And they talk all sweet to you. And then they talk about all the services they are going to do for your child. And they show you all of these goals that they created for your child without you discussing it with them. And then they say all these big words and they talk about all these things. And if you ask a question, it probably gets shut down or they just push it to the side, pretend you didn't ask. And you walk out that meeting and you feel like you know nothing. You have no idea what just happened in that meeting. You don't know what they're doing with your child, but you know it's not right. I am sick of seeing this as a teacher happen to parents. I am sick of, as a friend, seeing this happen to my friend's children. And I am sick and tired of it happening to my own. It is not fair. I should not have to fight so hard for my child because you act like you care, 
but then you do the bare minimum to keep yourself out of a courtroom with a lawsuit. So here I am. I am pissed off enough for all of us. I'm sick and tired, and I'm done being nice. So I've decided to use my voice one episode at a time. I'm going to tell you all the things I wished I had known. I'm going to tell you the things that I wish I'd have known to look for from the very beginning. I'm going to tell you all the things I possibly can about early intervention. I'm going to tell you the things you need to know to advocate for your child. I'm going to tell you the things you probably need to know when you go into an IEP meeting. I'm going to tell you the things you probably need to know about your child's rights through IDEA. And hopefully, by the time we're done, we'll all know something new. Because we're going to learn something new every day. And I promise you, if I don't know the answer, I probably know somebody who does. Because I have lots of friends that know lots of things. So, I hope you choose to join me on this journey of tips and tricks to help support your exceptional babies. And let's see if we all don't learn something new together. All right. Tune in for the next episode.